is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Lord, for the new thing, the new beginning that you are doing in this, in this, on this campus at the University of Johannesburg. We thank you, my God, that you begin small, but you don't end small. And though our beginnings were small, yet our end shall greatly increase. It shall explode in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, even for us who are here. We thank you, Lord, that today you have got a word for us, O oh God. We didn't come to the crowds. We came to meet with you, my God, to fellowship with you, to have intimacy with you, Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as I share the word of God, may it just, may it just release us. May it free us. May it in, encourage us and uplift us and take us from one level to another level. I thank you, my God, for each one here. And I bless each one of us here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to welcome you to... Our new beginnings at uh, University of Johannesburg. This is Grace Through Faith Fellowship at University of Johannesburg. We are doing something that is good because God is in it. And I just want to encourage us that, you know, all we need is to take in the word. And as, as the word works in our lives, we will begin to share the word and it will minister to many other people. And I want to encourage you that uh, as much as possible, invite somebody, bring somebody to church and that they will come and have fellowship. We're going to, to be talking about uh, some of the strategies that we need to, 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 to implement because um, the Bible tells us that, you know, we, we have to be as wise as snakes, but as innocent as doves. Amen. So I just want to start by talking about our vision. Our vision is very simple. It is to reveal the simplicity and the power of the gospel truth for your daily use. In other words, we, we are here to show people, to demonstrate that the Bible is, the word of God is not just for the old people. It's not just for, for the, the traditional. It's not, it's not just the kind of thing that we're used to, but it is alive and it is powerful. And it, it helps us even in our studies. It helps us even in our relationships. It helps us in our families. It helps us in our businesses and in our communities. And so this is what we are about to do. And, 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 and I've come up with what I call seven perspectives for Victoria's Christian lives. These are the seven things that I pray that each one of us will take as, their, as part of their lives. Their, it's like if these seven things are, are, are true in our lives, you find that the power of God will just begin to explode. The power of God will just begin to flow. Things will just happen. And these seven are, are what will be working around in one way or another. And even today we are going to pick on some of this, on some of these seven. The first one, really, it's a mindset. We need to change the way we think. We need to change the way we see life. We need to change the way we see God. And the first one is that the word of God is accurate. It is credible and it is absolute. You know, if you still have got doubts about the word of God, it's not going to deliver as much as it would if you don't doubt it at all. And I know we've got questions and we, we will be answering all the questions. I believe the Bible is full of, it is the word of God. It has got all the answers to all the questions of life. And it's so important that we understand that the word of God, it is accurate. I may not know everything, but I shouldn't doubt the word of God. 
That's very, very important. Number two is that God loves me unconditionally. I'm eternally forgiven because I believe in Jesus Christ, because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so when you don't doubt the unconditional love of God, it becomes easy now when you go through difficult times. Because if you go through difficult times and you doubt whether God loves you or he doesn't love you, then you begin to think, ah, maybe God has allowed this thing to happen in my life. Maybe God has allowed this and maybe God, and all sorts of things, they begin to come and they will be eating on our faith. They will be feasting on our faith and things will not work out. So it's important to know that God loves you unconditionally. Some of you may say, oh, yes, but uh, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happening in my life. Did you know that God's love for us came whilst we were yet sinners? Romans 5, 8. Whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Which means God is, was not motivated by our behavior or our attitude to love us. He was motivated by his love for us unconditionally. And it's so important. The number three perspective or mindset is I am under grace and not under law. Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under grace, but under law. So it's very important to understand that for sin not to dominate us, we have to be under grace and not under law. The converse is very interesting because it means that if sin is dominating you, you know what's happening? It's because you're under law. You are under a system, you are under policing, and that's why you continue to be dominated by sin. And the fourth one is Jesus Christ is Lord. I know we talk about it. People go to church, we say we are Christians, we love God, and Jesus Christ is Lord. But when it comes to certain areas of our lives, we don't want Jesus to interfere with it. But the Lordship of Jesus is not about, you know, Sunday only. The Lordship of Jesus is about every area of our lives. You know, I rem I'm reminded of a story of uh, uh, a man who, who invited Jesus and, and Jesus came into his house physically, literally. And he had a seven bedroom house. He had a, he had a guest, guest room which was so beautiful and well decorated and so on. And he said, oh, you know, Jesus, you are my guest. You know what? That's your room. And so he would spend the whole day doing everything in his life, everything. And, 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 and one day the devil knocked at the door. And he opened the door, he saw it was the devil. And he wanted to close the door, but he couldn't because the devil had just put in his foot. So the whole day, this man was at the door trying to keep the devil out, trying to keep the devil out, and just managed by the end of the day. And he would be so tired, he wouldn't do anything. All he was doing was just fighting the devil. The next day, he does exactly the same thing. And then after some point, he was so frustrated. Then he came to Jesus and said, oh, but Jesus, you are supposed to be helping me. But you're just seated and I'm fighting the devil all the time. And Jesus said, you know, the problem is you haven't given me the freedom of the house. You haven't given me the freedom of your life. If you give me the freedom of the house, guess what? I'll take care of business. So he says, okay, I give you the freedom of the house. And so Jesus took over the house and Jesus said, you are now the guest. You sit in there. The next morning, the devil came as usual and he knocked and Jesus opened the door. And then the devil saw Jesus and he said, oh, I'm sorry. I think it's the wrong number. 
The moral of the story is that we need to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our lives. Every area of our lives. Number five, God is good at all times. I know this we say it, but then we just say, but Lord, why are you doing this? And so on and so forth. But it's important to know that God is good at all times. And number six is I'm blessed. I already got it. And this is what we're going to, to be talking about today. And, and then the last one is I'm not only human or alone. I live. Christ lives in me. I live the life of Christ. Christ lives in me. This is so important because sometimes, you know, you do things, you make mistakes there, and then you begin to say, oh, well, I'm only human. Yes, you're only human, but you're not, you're not all human. One third of you is Holy Spirit. You are born again. And so why do you focus on the one third that is human and not on the one third that is spiritual? The point is, most of the time, we are not spiritually minded. We are not thinking of God. But when we renew our minds as we go on, you'll find that it will be so natural for you to just think God. It will be so natural for you to just think what is right, to do what is right out of the inside, not from outside. And that is what we call the gospel truth. Amen. So today I'm going to talk, we're on part three of our, of our, uh, our series. We are talking, going to talk about living in the balance of grace and faith. It is so important that we live in the balance of grace and faith because a lot is happening today. We have got people that are running with grace message and thank God they are running with grace message, but they really go with the grace message to an extent that they forget about everything else. And then we've got some people who are focusing on the faith. Yeah, it's all about faith. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. And forget about the grace of God. And at the end of the day, you end up now with two camps in the body of Christ. You've got two camps, just like we've got two aisles here. We've got people who are on the in the grace camp. And we've got people who are in the faith camp. And the people who are in the grace camp, they think the people in the faith camp are wrong. And the people in the faith camp think the people in the grace camp are wrong. And yet, they don't realize that what you really need is a balance of both. You don't need grace only, and you don't need faith only. You need a combination of the two, because we are saved by grace through faith. It's so important because the grace camp now, because the grace camp will say it's all up to God. Because it is by grace, it is the favor of God, it's unmerited, it's undeserved, so it's all up to God. But the faith can also say, it's all up to me, because God gave me the power, God gave me the authority, so it's now all up to me, I have to do it, I have to do it. And so now, you have on one side people who are just lazing around, hoping things will just happen by themselves. On the other side, you've got people who are toiling and sweating, and they think they have to do it to make ends meet, and yet it is what we need, which is on the middle of the road. You are saved by grace through faith in Jesus' name. Because if you go to one side, you end up in a ditch. If you go to the other side, you end up in a ditch. Because error, error is nothing but emphasizing one truth at the expense of the other. And we have it happening, we see it happening, because all I know is everything that everybody should know, and yet God is many-sided. He's many-sided. He's got the, 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 the manifold wisdom of God, the many-sided 
the many sides of God's wisdom. We cannot exhaust God in one person. We have to be all of us. And so we are going to be looking at some of the ditches that people fall into. Either they are running away with the grace message or they are just running away with the faith message. And yet what we need really, it is the middle of the road. Because life is like a journey. And when you are traveling, it is possible to get stuck. And I'm sure many of us have driven and or we have been driven and we know that when you when you go off road you can get into a ditch and some of you youngsters you may find yourself in a ditch one of these days because you think oh well I'm in control of the car not realizing that the speed limits have got to be entertained they've got to be you know you need to abide by the by the rules so there are ditches and what kind of ditches do we find in life we find all sorts of ditches because sometimes you fail it can be a ditch. Sometimes you, are, you have a lot of fear or you feel defeated or it could be depression, anxiety, sickness or whatever, you know, and, or it could be just a mindset, the way you think, the way you look at yourself. It can be a ditch. But because life is a journey, if you're in a ditch, you don't just say, well, I'll just wait here until or whatever. No, you need to come back onto the road and you need to keep moving and you need to keep going and you need to keep going. And I believe that religion has complicated this journey of life to a point where people are like walking on, on, on eggshells. If I do this, I might be upsetting God. If I do this, I might, be accepting, I might be upsetting the Holy Spirit and so on and so on. But did you know that the Holy Spirit is not, is not easily offended as we think? The Holy Spirit is not, Jesus, the anointing does not go because there's a lot of noise. Did you know that Jesus was performing miracles in the crowds? And if you've got a crowd of people, I tell you there's no order there. People are saying what they want. People are yelling what they want. They are doing what they want. But you see, it is about who you are. It is about what you have in your life. And so you find that the fact that there's a lot of noise around us, it doesn't mean we cannot manage life. We cannot make life. We can make our lives and live our lives and enjoy our lives in Jesus' name. So what is the answer to all this? You need to balance grace and faith. Hallelujah. You need to balance grace and faith. And it's not as, as, as difficult as we may think, which, which is why we are here, to help one another, to show and reveal the simplicity and the power of the gospel truth. But it is possible to balance it. And when you balance it, I tell you, you will enjoy your life. You will enjoy your life. Even if even, even you've got under pressure because of their, their semester exams or whatever it is, you will enjoy your life. You'll go in there knowing fully well that the same Jesus who save me is going to be with me in the exam room. The same Jesus who saved me, he is going to be with me even when I'm doing my assignments. You know, talking about that is very sad that, you know, a lot of people, because we don't balance grace and faith, we take, we take church as a Sunday thing. We take Jesus as a Sunday thing. The Holy Spirit as a Sunday thing. But come Monday, we are busy, frantic, doing all our own thing. But did you know that one of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to help you in your life is to work in your assignments. Your assignments be they maths, be they science, be, be it homework, be it your relationship, be it your assignment at work or whatever it is. As long as it is a problem that needs to be solved, the anointing of God is upon you to solve that problem. And you will be able to solve it easily. 
And that is the power, and that is the relevance. And so, we have been talking about grace through faith, salvation, and we covered a lot of ground that, you know, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and it is not for yourselves, from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I like that. Because if it was by works, people who have money, they would do so much. Hallelujah. And they'll just boast and say, look, I did it. I made my way to heaven. So what will the poor do now? They don't have money. What will be the disadvantage now? They don't have money. They can't do anything. And I know some will say, oh, well, you know, you can still do good works. Even if you don't have money, you can still love, you can still help. You, can, you see, you can only do so much because if you are physically disadvantaged, you are disabled or whatever, you are not able to do some of the practical things that other people can do. And even talking about just being good to your neighbor, did you know that you are able to love other people because you come from a background where love is defined? There are some people who come from a background where love is just abuse. Love is just curse. They don't know how to talk right. So that kind of a person now is not able to do any good work to be saved. But God looked for something that is neutral, that anybody can get. It's called faith. Just believe. If you believe, you're saved. Hallelujah. Then he goes on to say, for we are God's handiwork or God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I, I, I have heard this scripture preached and explained, but I think really the one that is a killer is the salt. You may say, what is salt to do with salvation by grace through faith? Salt has something to do with salvation and grace faith. Because some of you, your students, you, you understand this air. If I take you back through your chemistry lessons. What is salt? The chemical name for salt is sodium chloride. And sodium chloride is made up of two elements. Sodium and chlorine. If you combine the two, you have table salt. And table salt, you need it. If you don't have salt, you will die. Right? But if you say, well, I don't care about table salt. Today I'll take sodium. And then on Wednesday I take chloride. They will mix on the inside and it will work. It will not work like that. Because sodium on its own is going to kill you if you take it in, 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 in large quantities. And so is chlorine. If you take it in large quantities, it will kill you. But if you take the two in the right proportion now, you have table salt and without it, you will die. And the same with salvation. Salvation is by grace through faith. You don't need grace alone. And you don't need faith alone. You need a combination of grace and faith. Because when you combine the two now, you have salvation. And we've been talking about salvation. That there are five elements that go with salvation. It is not only forgiveness of sin. But it is also healing, physical healing of your sicknesses. It's also deliverance from any kind of oppression. It is protection and it is prosperity. So how do you get that? By grace through faith. 
And that's what scripture is, the scripture is telling us. And that's why as a church we say we are grace through faith because everything it is by grace through faith. It's not about works. We need to understand the grace of God. We need to understand the faith that God has given us. And as we do that, we will be able to make it in life. And it will be, an, it will be exciting. We balance grace and faith in Jesus' name. So grace, what is grace? Grace is God's part. Very simple. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is undeserved favor. But I like this, this definition of grace that grace is what God has provided for us, independent of us. Because if somebody does you a favor, you don't know why they are favoring you. You don't know the reason behind, isn't it? But it's something that you don't have control over. It's them who control it. And that's what grace is all about. It is what God has provided for us, independent of us. In other words, it's not by works. That's why we are saved by grace. It's not by works. And it's very interesting because it means that if it is independent of us, then it is available to everybody for free. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 2 verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. I like that. This grace that brings salvation, it has appeared to all men. Because we don't determine whether we deserve the grace or we don't deserve the grace. It is God who has determined. It is available to everybody. And so the same grace that's available to us here is the same grace that is available to even the most drunkard or the most wicked person out there. It is the same grace. Why? Because it's independent of us. I like this because it just humbles us, isn't it? It just takes us to a position where we cannot boast about anything in life but to give glory to God. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, friends. And the more you surrender to Jesus like that, guess what? The more the power flows in your life and through your life. It is available to everybody. It is for free. And this grace was released to us when Jesus died at the cross of Calvary. When Jesus died at the cross of Calvary, this grace was revealed to us. It was released to us. Because grace and truth came with Jesus. The law was given by Moses. John chapter 1, 16 and 17. But grace and truth came through Jesus. In other words, Jesus brought grace. And in fact, in verse 16, it actually says that of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. Hallelujah. So this grace is available to us. But the point is, this grace is not going to save us. It's not going to help us on its own. Hallelujah. Because you need to do something about it. You need to respond to this grace in the name of Jesus. You see, God's grace comes before the need arises. You know, we say that, you know, God cares. When we talk about caring, it's not like what we do when you fall sick, then I now take you to the hospital. I'll be helping you with your, you know, you know take, giving you a bath or giving you food or whatever. That's caring, but no, that's not the kind of caring that God has for us. To care is to anticipate. 
to know that you will need this thing on Wednesday, then I make it available. So that when Wednesday comes and you start looking around, then I say, here it is. That's caring. And that's what God does. God does not scratch his head and now say, oh, exam time is coming. I should have been helping them. No, he knows exam time is coming. He knows that time for employment is coming. He knows time for marriage is coming. He knows time for this is coming. And he has already prepared for that in Christ Jesus. A very good example is creation. Did you know, have you ever wondered why God created Adam and Eve on the last day, on the sixth day? Why didn't he create them on the first day? Or on the second day, or the third day, or the fourth day, or the fifth? But he did it the sixth day. It's almost like he left the best for the last. The simple reason is that the earth was not yet ready for Adam. There was not enough provision for Adam. That's why God had to make everything available, provide for everything, so that when he created Adam, guess what happened? It was at the end of the day. And what Adam, the next thing that Adam did was to enter into the Sabbath rest. In other words, when you come to Jesus Christ, it's because Jesus has already done everything that you need. He did it at the cross of Calvary. So the day you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You should enter into his rest. You don't enter into his labor. You enter into his rest. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The first Adam, he, he entered into the rest of God. The last Adam, he makes us enter into the rest of God. And that's what it is all about. When we say it is the grace of God, it means it has nothing to do with us. It's independent of us. But guess what? It is available to us. I love that. You already have it. That's the simple message. And when you understand that you already have everything that God can provide for you, then it's a lot easier to use it now. It's a lot easier to access it now. It's a lot easier to pray. It's a lot easier to do all these other things because we are not trying to get something from God so that we can use. We are not trying to convince God that God, you know, I really, really, really need this thing. No. We already have it. I like this scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Powerful. We are going to verse 3, but I like to start from verse, verse 1 really because it's so, it's, so, it's, so, it's so wonderful. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter is writing to people who have obtained the same precious faith as he has got. And this faith has come by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this faith is not coming from us. It came from God. Hallelujah. I like this because Peter is saying, you have the same faith that he has. You have the same faith that the apostles had. In fact, I can go into further and say, you actually have the same faith that Jesus had. Because the Bible talks of one faith. There is no inferior faith and then there is superior faith. No. There is no one grade of faith and then another grade of faith. It is the faith of God. Because it is the faith that is able to receive the gift of salvation. It is the faith that is able to connect 
with God. And so it has to be something that is God-like. Hallelujah. Because if it is not of God, it cannot connect with God. If it is human, it cannot commune with the spiritual. But because we are now spiritual beings in Christ Jesus, Peter is saying, hey guys, you have the same faith that we had. And this faith is precious. And this faith is the faith that made me walk on water. It is the same faith that made me do perform miracles. My shadow was healing people. It is this same faith and you have it already because you have Jesus Christ. It comes by Jesus Christ. I find that exciting. But if you don't believe it, do me a favor. Out of your Bible, you need to tear out First Peter. You need to tear out Second Peter. Because if you don't believe it, then that is not for you. Hallelujah. Then he goes on to say, verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. My goodness. Grace and peace should be multiplied in our lives. Not added. It needs to be multiplied. How is it multiplied? Through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I've got something exciting for you. Peace does not come through prayer. I know we pray for peace. Peace does not come through prayer per se. It comes through knowing God. Remember, when you know that God loves you unconditionally, you will have peace. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation is. You know God loves me so much he's not going to let me down. That gives you peace. But if you don't know that God is good at all times now, you begin to freak out. You begin to try and do this and try and do that and try and do the other. But grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And we say grace is what God provided for us. Grace is more than favor. Grace is the power of God. Grace is the ability of God. Grace is the strength of God in human weakness. And so we want this multiplied. I'm sure you need a, a multiplication of, your, of the grace of God in your life. I do. I do because I need a bit more power to be manifest in my life. And it's also clear when you, when you understand scripture that peace is a fruit of the spirit hallelujah it's not a fruit it's not a result of hard work it is a fruit and do you know that fruits when you see a fruit tree or an apple tree or a mango tree or whatever tree it is it does not labor to produce fruit when time for fruit has come fruit will just all you need to do is to make sure that there is enough uh, uh, nutrition in the ground, there is protection so the tree is not tempered around with, and you need to make sure that there is no grass that is growing around, and you just leave it, and it will grow. And the word of God is telling us that if you want grace and peace to be multiplied, all you need to do is to expose yourself to the grace of God. Expose yourself to the word of God. As you continue to expose yourself, guess what? Something supernatural is happening on the inside. Something supernatural is happening in the mind. And guess what is going to happen now? Grace will begin to abound. Peace will begin to abound. 
even when it is exam time, you just begin to, to, to relax and you begin to enjoy even that season. Why? Because of the grace and peace of God. Amen. And then verse 3. As his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. There are two things that I want you to see here. Number one is that that verse 3, it is in past tense. Past tense, it means it has happened. It's not going to happen. It has already happened. And this will transform your life, friends. When you begin to realize that the power of God, it has already finished the work. And it's saying, it has given us, it has given you past tense. The second thing is all things. Not some. I don't know what you need, but it's saying all things because it goes on to say all things that pertain to life and godliness. I, I like to keep it simple. So I say when I'm talking of life, I'm talking of everyday life, physical life here on earth. God has provided. When I'm talking of godliness, it has now to do with my relationship with God. It has now to do with my life eternal. So God has taken care of my needs here on earth and my needs in the future. In, on this side of life and the other side of life. He has given us by his divine power. So you already have it. I already have it. It is within us. Where is it within us? It is in the born again spirit. We'll be talking about that and unpacking that so that we clearly understand. But guess again what, what the scripture is saying. Through the knowledge of whom who called us by glory to virtue. Again, how do you access this through the knowledge of Jesus Christ? When you begin to know what Jesus has done for us at the cross of Calvary, that will just release everything. Hallelujah. It will just release everything inside of us. Why? Because knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. You know, in Rivonia, we are, we are, go, we are running with the series, uh, Believer's Authority. It's powerful. The Believer's Authority, you've got authority as a believer. And one of the things that we, you know, we use the analogy of a policeman. That the policeman, traffic officer, for example, in their own right, they have no power. But it is the uniform that they are putting on that makes all the difference. And the Bible talks us, tells us that we have put on Christ. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.20, you have put on Christ. And, and this is not the uniform that you take on and you take off. No, it is there all the time. So it's just like a police officer. When you meet a police officer, you expect them to behave like a police officer. But if they start behaving waywardly, you just get a wondering, say, what's going on? But imagine if this police officer doesn't know the law of the land they will be taken advantage of. They don't know whether to ask you for a driver's license or not. They, for, they don't know how whether to check whether your car is, 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 is licensed or not. Hell will break loose. And many Christians are like that because they don't know the word of God. They are allowing and tolerating a lot of things happening in their lives which shouldn't be happening. You have the authority. And so what we are saying here is that when you know Jesus Christ, when you know what he did at the cross of Calvary, that will set you free. 
that will make you put the devil in his rightful place. That will make you put problems in their rightful place. And that will make you put God in his rightful place. And that will make you put yourself in your rightful place, not all over the shore. You will not be worrying about what people say. You will not be worrying about what people think or what people do. Why? Because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. So it's a lot easier now when you know that you have it. It's a lot easier to get it, to use it, rather than trying to get something that you don't have. You see, because for as long as you think your healing is with God, and I am praying to get my healing, do you know where the problem comes? The problem comes in the devil just say, what if you don't get it? Doubt comes in. Say, I'll get my job. I will, I'll, I'll get my job. I'll, I'll do well in exam. And then he says, what if you don't? Doubt comes in. And that's where many of us now, you begin to, but when you know that you already have it, then you simply say, I am healed. I'm releasing my healing. He cannot say you can't be healed because you say, no, but I'm already healed. It's a lot easier to defend what you have, isn't it? And that's what we're talking about. And now, so faith, grace is God's part. Faith is your part and is my part. So if grace is what God has done for us, independent of us, then that simplifies faith now. Because faith now, it now becomes the response to what God has provided by grace. That's awesome. It's like God has set up a table. You don't have to be looking for where to buy groceries because the food is ready. All you need to do now is to respond to what is on the table and begin to eat. And that's faith. What are we saying? Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like uh, the, the Amplified Version. It says, faith is the substance. It goes on to say, title deeds. I've highlighted is there to help us understand that faith is not in the future. Faith is not something that is going to happen. Faith is now. If it's in the future, that's hope. If you're exercising faith, you do it now. You don't do it tomorrow. So you don't say, ah, well, pray for me, pastor, but I know when I wake up tomorrow, I'll be healed. That's not faith. And the devil has been robbing you of your blessing in the name of tomorrow, uh, next week, or next month, or no. Because grace tells you that you already have it. So faith is for now. And I like the word substance. What is substance? Substance is, uh, you guys, you know, you know your science, isn't it? Substance is something that is there. It occupies space, it has got mass, isn't it? It is there. And the Bible talks of it as uh, title deeds. I like, I like the word title deeds because title deeds, are, it's a proof that you own property, isn't it? So suppose you, you see a house, a nice house being advertised in Cape Town and you've never been to Cape Town and you buy the house. You have not even seen it. You just saw a picture of it. You buy the house. 
And the proof that you have, buy, you have bought the house is they give you title deeds in your name. Right? So if people come in here now and say, those who have got houses in Cape Town, can you please stand up? Are you going to stand up or are you not going to stand up? You'll stand up. And somebody says, have you seen the house? No. If you lived in the house, no. But why do you say you've got the house? You pull out your tablets. Because it is the legal document to show that you have got a house. Now faith is like that. It is your legal document that you're blessed. It's your legal document that you pass with flying colors. It's your legal document that you're getting a promotion. Why? Because you saw it where? In the book. I saw it in the Bible. It is written that I'm blessed. It is written that I'm healed. It is written that I'm a success and not a failure in the name of Jesus. And then he goes on to say that evidence of things not done. Do you know that evidence has to do with what has happened? When you go into the law of court as a witness, you are giving evidence. You're saying, I was there when it happened. And faith was there when Jesus Christ was crucified at the cross of Calvary. Jesus was there. He saw it. Faith was there. He saw it. And so when faith now shows up to you, my God, you now begin to say, I believe. Because I've got the title deeds. Because faith now are the title deeds in the spiritual realm that will unlock things. Or faith is the currency. You can't do any transaction spiritually without faith. You need to believe. But how can you believe what you have not seen? I believe because it is written. Because faith is a witness. So faith is not about hoping for something that is not in order for it to be. Faith is not working with something that is not there. Faith is working with something that is there, but it is in the spirit realm. That has been provided by grace in Jesus' name. So if it is like that, how can you doubt that something will not happen when it has already happened? You see, this will help you now when the devil will bring thoughts and ideas. Oh, you are a failure. Oh, you didn't do it last time. How, what makes you think? You say, no. I am a winner. I'm not trying to win. We are fighting from the point of victory. We are not fighting to obtain victory. We are fighting because we have got the victory. And that should bring your adrenaline up. Hey, it should make you feel like, hey, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me because he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. It also means that if faith is a response to what God has provided by grace, it then means that faith can only get what God has provided by grace. If it has not been provided by grace, your faith will not work. Because it's, outside, it's, it's inadmissible, it's not acceptable, it's not available. God has provided by grace all that we need for life and for godliness. Which then means you need to know what God has provided for you. And you believe it. That's why we need to stay in the word. That's why we need to understand the word of God. In Jesus' name. 
Now, this is where a lot of people struggle when it comes to prayer. Faith is not trying to make God do anything. Your faith is not able to make God do anything because if it has not been provided by grace, then what you are asking for is not available unless you are wiser than God. Faith is not trying to make God move because God is not the one who is stuck. It is us who are stuck in religion and tradition and we need to believe God and then we move on in Jesus' name. We can't tell God what to do. That's another ditch. We'll talk about it later. That's another ditch in the faith camp. You think your fasting is going to make God move. You think your prayer is going to make God move. You think your pity is going to make God move. You think your misery is going to make God move. God does not respond to us. We respond to God. Amen. It is that simple. And when you keep it that simple, you'll be blessed. I'll just conclude by giving you two ditches, one ditch in the grace camp and another ditch in the, in, the, in the faith camp to just help us that we need to keep the balance in Jesus' name. What is this ditch? It's very easy to say God's will is automatic because it is by grace. I'm sure you've heard it that well. If God wants me to pass, I will pass no matter what. If God wants me to be healed, I'll be healed, no matter what. That's not true. That's a lie from the devil. The will of God is not automatic. Because grace that saves has appeared to all men. But not everybody is being saved, isn't it? 1 Timothy 2, 3 and uh, 2 Peter 3, 9, he talks about how God desires that everybody be saved. And that none should perish. That is the desire of God. But I tell you that people are going to hell as we speak. And yet the scripture tells us that the grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Why is everybody not saved? Because grace alone cannot save you. You need to do something about the grace of God. And how do you, what do you do? If you respond positively, it is called faith. If you respond negatively, it is called unbelief. But you do something about the grace of God. So salvation, which is the most important thing, because if God was going to push us to do anything or force us or manipulate us into anything, it would be just to get us saved. Because that has to do with eternity. But if he doesn't do that on this very important thing, why do you think that God will do it on you buying a car or buying a house or who to marry or this or that? No. Grace alone does not save. The will of God is not automatic. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, I like it. This was, this was Moses. He was talking to, in fact, it was God talking to the children of Israel. He says, I call heaven and earth as witness to you today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You have a free will to exercise. You can choose what is right 
you can choose what is wrong. You decide. And God is not going to interfere with that one. Why? Because he gave us that, that free will. So the will of God is not automatic. It depends on what you do. It depends on your decisions. It depends on your choices. You don't live your, your, your life to just happen. If you leave things to nature, guess what? They will deteriorate. They will rot. Because that is where nature is going. To destruction. So, but you make a decision and then move, move the other way around. Another reason why the will of God is not automatic, we know the Lord's Prayer, the so-called Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It means the will of God is not happening on earth. It does not happen automatically. You need to pray. You need to agree with God concerning the will of God. When you agree with God concerning the will of God, guess what? it begins to happen. Do you agree with God that you are a success? Just says, by the way. Do you agree with God that you are a winner? Or do you agree with your past experience? That's what we are talking about here. Do you agree with the word of God that it is well with you? Or you agree with the experience. Or you agree with what people say. Or you agree even with your background, where you come from. You agree with your, with your, with, with, with your lineage. But may the Lord help us to know that the word of God is true. The word of God is accurate. The word of God is absolute in Jesus' name. I choose life. I choose to agree with the word of God. Yes, what has happened has happened. But this is a new day. This is a new life in Jesus' name. And you have the power. You have the power. Why would God give us so much power and so much authority and still micromanage our lives? Ephesians 3.20, I love this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us. The power that is at work in us is the faith. So all we now need to do is to think, is to ask, is to dream, is to do everything and believe God. I want to challenge you. Don't just think of yourself as somebody who's just going to finish university and then look for a job and then marry and then have children and then die. You need to make a difference in your own generation. You need to make a difference in what you are doing in your career. You need to make a difference in the name of Jesus. But it is according to the power that works in us. And the power that works in us is faith. And that faith is a response. It's not something that you have got to grit your teeth and say, I now need to use faith. No, just say, I believe. I believe this is mine. Sickness, you have no part in my life. Failure. What you did is enough. I'm on my way up in the name of Jesus. Yes, exams come. I've got the mind of Christ. As I study, I'll get understanding. Holy Spirit, as I doing my assignments, lead me to where I need to, where I need to study. Show me what is coming in Jesus' name. And you'll be 10 times 
wiser than your colleagues and they'll wonder what is happening because I've got the Spirit of God because I've got this power that is working in me and and it will enable God to do exceedingly abundantly I'm sure we we have got the power of imagination I mean if you want to manage imagine good things for your life you can really go wild isn't it but this scripture is telling me that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that but why is it not happening because we don't believe that we have got the power in us and we are not releasing this power and this power is called faith this power is called faith that's why in another in another writing first corinthians chapter 2 from verse 8 eye has not seen ear has not heard Neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Remember, if you know that God loves you unconditionally, then what God has prepared for you now, you cannot discuss it with people because they don't know it. All you need to do now is to go to God. You now need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, He begins to release these things now that you have not seen, that you have not heard. It has not even come into your heart. But if you don't exercise this, it will just die. And you'll just die like mere men. When the Bible says, you are gods. You are children of the Most High. But the Lord help us. We are here to deal with that in the name of Jesus. The last one, the common ditch on the faith side. That was on the grace side. So what we're simply saying is that believe what grace has provided and do something about it hallelujah engage the holy spirit do something about it on the faith side this is one of the big ditches that people have fallen into i need more faith and maybe when you're sitting there you're saying ah pastor i really like what you're saying i like it and i even like to do what you're doing but i i don't think i've got enough faith to do that that is a lie from the devil and religion has even told you, and the devil will back it up. Yes, you are blessed. Yes, you are a first class student. Yes, promotion, you are a chief executive officer. You are starting a business. But you know what? You just need to work on your faith. Because your faith is a bit small. Because, you know, if you just increase a little bit, and so now you get into fasting, you get into this, you get into all works now in order to try to build your faith. But I've got good news for you. You don't need more faith. Matthew chapter 17, 19 to 21. Then the disciples said to Jesus privately, why did we not cast it out? This is when the father brought his epileptic son uh, to be healed. And Jesus was coming from the Mount of Transfiguration with the three disciples. And the disciples failed to cast out this demon. And the man, the father, came and he says, Master, Lord, if you can only have mercy on me. Then Jesus started rebuking these guys. It's another story. It's another message that we can share on another day. But, but that's the background. And so when, when Jesus cast out this demon and it went, the disciples were kind of confused. So privately now they came to Jesus and say, why could we not cast this demon out? They wanted to know. Because previously they had been successful. But I like verse 20. 
So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, we fail to do things because of unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Hallelujah. What is limiting us is not little faith. Because even if it is just as small as a grain of mustard seed, it will move mountains. So the devil, he comes and says, you've got little faith. You just say, oh yes, but it's enough. Because it's not the size, it's not the amount of faith, it is the quality. Because it's God kind of faith. So it will do the God kind of things. And you'll get the God kind of results. It's not the amount, it is the quality. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I know there's a lot of teaching and doctrine on what is this kind. The common teaching is that this kind of demons will go by prayer and fasting. But really, we'll talk about this again later. It talks about this kind of unbelief. It is the kind of unbelief that goes by prayer and fasting. Because when Jesus was talking with the disciples, they were not talking about the demon. They were talking about the unbelief which stopped them from performing the miracle. In fact, some of you, I can send you some of the messages that we have already covered. We've covered a lot of teaching on this one. It will bless you. It will just set you free in Jesus' name. But anyway, what are we saying? Your mustard size seed faith. It moves mountains. The devil will tell you you've got little faith. That's not it. What the problem is too much unbelief. And how does unbelief go? Unbelief goes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you begin to know what Jesus has done for you at the cross of Calvary, all doubts will begin to go now. All concerns will begin to go. All worry will begin to go in the name of Jesus. And how do we apply this? Very simple. The application is very simple. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. In other words, the way that you received Jesus Christ is the way that you walk in Jesus Christ. I mean, if, you, if it just took faith to receive the Son of God, then what, what else is more important that requires something other than faith? Just think about it. So how do you receive your healing? By grace through faith. How do you receive your prosperity? By grace through faith. How do you receive clarity of, of, of direction? By grace through faith. How do you receive your husband? By grace through faith. How do you receive your wife? By grace through faith. But how do you do it now? You need to respond to the grace by faith. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to pray. As we pray right now, I want to encourage you to let go of all the effort that you have been placing to get things happen. There's a difference between effort and work. There's a difference between effort and taking responsibility. As students, you need to study because the Holy Spirit will only remind you of what you have come across. 
The Bible says the, the Holy Spirit will remind us of things, eh? And I used, to, I used to like this when I was at school because when you, when, you, when you don't study, the Holy Spirit is there, is trying to remind you. But you, don't, you, you are only reminded of what you have come across, isn't it? You are not reminded of what you have come. That will, be, that will be revelation. But the Holy Spirit will remind you. So if you want now for Holy Spirit to help you in your studies, study, come across all these things. Remember as much as you can. And what you are not able to remember, the Holy Spirit will remind you. He will remind you. So what are we saying? It is by grace through faith. The way you receive Jesus Christ is the way you receive everything you need from God. In fact, not, uh, not receive, but actually appropriate because we already have it in the name of Jesus. As I pray right now, I want to encourage you to start believing God for what is on your mind right now, what is bothering you right now. You just need to say, Lord, I believe, I receive. I believe, I receive. I choose to agree with your word and not my experience. I choose to agree with your word and not with what people say. I choose to agree with your word and not my background. I choose to agree with your word because it is taking me somewhere. I receive Jesus by grace through faith. So I receive all these other things by grace through faith in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of the gospel truth. That it is by grace through faith. As we pray at this point in time, Lord, we choose to agree with the word of God concerning our salvation, concerning our forgiveness of sin, concerning our healing in our physical bodies, concerning deliverance from oppression, yes, concerning victory in life, concerning success. Because you bless the work of our hands. We choose to believe that. We choose to believe that in the name of Jesus. And we receive by grace through faith. We respond to the grace of God. We partake of the table that has been set by our Father. Even as David said, you set the table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord is saying, yes, enjoy your life. Don't worry about the enemies. Enjoy your life. Don't worry about the enemies. Enjoy your life. Don't worry about the enemies. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about the enemies. This table has been set for you by your father. He is a good shepherd. You shall not want in Jesus' name. And I thank you, my God, that this grace, this faith, Lord, that, Lord, you are releasing in this place is going to touch many lives. We thank you, Lord, for the thousands that are coming. They are coming from the east. They are coming from the west. They are coming from the north. They are coming from the south. They are coming to your healing. They are coming to your deliverance. They are coming to your liberty. They are coming to your increase. They are coming to your abundance. And they are coming to the joy of the Lord. Some are hungry. Some are thirsty. Yes, my God. Some are weary. But yes, Lord, you are the God who say, Come unto me, all you who are weary, who are thirsty, and I will give you rest. And I just pray for the, minute, for, 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 for the rest of God. Enter into his rest right now. Maybe you are anxious, you are worrisome. Receive the rest. Enter into the rest. Enter into the rest of God. Enter into the rest of God. Enter into the rest of God in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We praise you, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.